Hello everybody, welcome back. Uh, this episode's going to be a little different, as I'm probably going to have to cut halfway through and then start again tomorrow, <laughs> or tonight. Um, it honestly just depends on the timing. So I have until probably around 3.45, so I have about 30 minutes. Um, so this episode's going to be a little different. Um, but before I get to the different stuff, I'm going to talk about some smaller, lighter topics first, and then I'll get into the big beefy boy stuff. So, um, I talked about my website before, and, uh, this week I, uh, overhauled it, it's been fully updated, uh, for right now, obviously I'm probably gonna add more stuff later, cause I'm obsessive, <laughs> but, um... Let me take a sip of water. I haven't really drank any water today. But, um... Oh my god, it's a lot more blue than I thought. So I added links to the Twitch, the Twitter, uh, the Patreon, all that stuff, to the homepage. Uh, but something new that I added was uh, my link to my new Blue Sky account. Um, I finally got an invite code from somebody. And uh, I was finally able to make an account. And now I have... It happens every time I drink water on this show. Like, when I start talking after drinking it, it just starts... Something starts building up in the back of my throat. Like, some kind of phlegm. Makes it hard to talk. And I start hearing, like, a weird ringing. Or not ringing, but, like, something's vibrating in my throat. So... Uh, I have a Blue Sky account now. Uh, this is one of my posts. Pretty funny stuff. Because, I, dude, I literally can't find uh, anybody. <laughs> I There's no one on my feed. Yeah, this is my home feed. My Discover page. Okay. Hmm? This is my Discover feed, which, like, who are all these people? I don't know. So, yeah, that's that's my blue sky. This is my profile. It's going to be on my link tree. It's going to be on the website. And, yeah, if it starts getting more popular and more people end up on it and then they open it to the public, then, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe I'll start replacing my Twitter link in the in the description. But, um, God, why am I so far to the right? So that's the website. Um, I guess I'll show the other tab. Which is, uh, this tab for my music. And everything, like, rolls out. It's really nice. Um, this is the third channel. Um, it's the official music channel, so anytime I release music, it goes on YouTube Music. Uh, so that's kind of the designated channel for it. Yeah. Here's the YouTube Music links, and Apple Music, and Spotify. Got some SoundCloud stuff on here from a long time ago. Um, back when I was learning how to be a sound engineer. Uh... I got all the stems for this and redid my old mix by just doing a whole new mix. <laughs> and this is far better. I, I really like how I made this sound. Um, 
Obviously, I'm using his stems, though. We have that. All the official. And these all take you to the link on YouTube, so... That's what these are. So that's new. Uh, this page is pretty much the same, and this page is a little different. Like, now I have Spotify embedded into it, so this will auto-update before I get to manually update this one. And then, uh, obviously, I'm still going to have to type out the episode, but here's the uh, streaming platforms you can find it on. It's not on Apple Podcasts yet for some reason. So I might have to look into that. I might have to manually upload them on there, which makes no sense. So my distributor should be doing that for me. So yeah, that's the website. And then um, I guess this isn't, this isn't really staying in line with the theme of lighter topics before the heavy one, but I do have something very troubling. Um... Oh, Mr. Beast is declaring war on T-Series? He's avenging PewDiePie? Jeez. Forgot Mr. Beast is the most, the most subbed YouTuber now. Uh, so this topic is a little bit more insane. Um, this one involves police brutality. <laughs> just a warning. Um, it's not even funny. It's just so ridiculous that this happened at a, a Twitch streamer meetup. That the police started like raiding it, and then people, you know, responded by being, you know, rightfully upset. And so now we have this. So watch this guy, the guy in the red, not the guy in the gap shirt, the guy in the red being held by the two cops. You see that? How they just blew his head right through the the glass right there. Look at how many look at how many angles there are. That kid's about to make crazy bank. Like, he's gonna be making a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, the first reply too is even funnier. Like that kid's going to be making some crazy money. So. Alright. We've already used up 7 minutes of my allotted 30 minute time span. Um, or almost 7 minutes. So. I'm going to. I just randomly, you know, will pull stuff up on Reddit. And see, like, if I wanted to talk about something that I saw on there. Because I'm, I'm a pretty opinionated person. I just don't have uh, many outlets to express that opinion because I don't have too many friends. As an adult, sometimes you just don't have many friends. So um, this is a topic that hits a little close to home because it's in Georgia. Um, and it's in the, like, the metro Atlanta area. So um, this is a case from 2011, October 2011. And I don't know if there are any updates. I guess I'll go ahead and look now. See if there are any updates. And if there are, I can add it. But it doesn't seem like there are any updates. Uh, yeah, I don't see any updates. I mean, there's even, there's even a post from March of 2023. There's an article about it. Yeah, there's not... Really any updates, but, um, 
anyway, uh, so this kid, he was 17. My mom just called a video of a, of a cat eating chips disturbing. Um, anyway, that's off topic. So this kid is 17, and it's October 2011. And it says that he went to the homecoming dance at his high school. And then pretty much went missing after that. And then was found dead. So there's a list of missing people in that county. So it, you know, it's a, you know. They're not missing people. It's a list of unsolved cases. So, you know, there's a lot of other cases in the county, but this one's the only one with a minor on it. And uh, I have a lot of things in common with them, and I know exactly where this happened. I was able to... I, I you know, upvoted this post, and I made a post of my own on other subs about it, and uh, I even drew out maps about it. So... Yeah, so this dude, he... I wonder if there's a timeline. From what I remember, he got home from the homecoming dance, and I guess, like, went over to his girlfriend's house. Let's see. So yeah, they would planned for Blake to spend the night at his friend. Yeah, so he was at his, friend's, his friend Austin's house. After the dance, Blake called from uh, called from Austin's as planned. He called and said, Mom, I had so much fun. It was the best day of my life. I got to hang out with my friends and dance. Uh, Becker recalled from the conversation. Um, I think Becker's his mom, right? Yeah, Melissa Becker is his mom. She said, um, what happened after that phone call is a mystery that's still haunting. Uh, oh, that's what they're saying. That's the narration. Uh, Blake was seen walking to his girlfriend's house and not long after, leaving to walk back to his friend's house, but he never made it. So, the friend lives, from what I remember, in... Um, or I, actually, I don't know where the friend lives, but I know the girlfriend lives in a neighborhood next to an elementary school. And the way to get back to the friend's house is to go down the street and then go down the, like, the single lanes... Uh, no street lights road that like twists and turns and ends up um, at a traffic light so it's not that far actually it's really not I know I know what the lights are and then he ends up walking through this big neighborhood that or that they have in that county and then he's never seen again that was his last whereabouts so um, around 11 a.m., the friend that he stayed the night with calls me and says, Blake's missing, and I couldn't understand. I'm like, what do you mean Blake's missing? He stayed at your house. And the friend said, well, he went to his girlfriend's, and he never came back. Uh, the search lasted uh, t two agonizing months. We didn't know where he was. Um, let's see, we started calling him, and nobody could get in touch. In December 2011, two months after he was uh, reported missing, they got a call uh, that they found him dead in a creek in East Noonan, uh, near the Summer Grove neighborhood. He'd been shot and left in only his underwear. Uh, it's indescribable 
she said through tears. So, from what I remember, he's walking from that neighborhood. I guess I'll go ahead and pull up the maps. So, he's, uh, up. So this is the neighborhood that he walked from. He started here. This is like a, a neighborhood, and he uh, goes down and then leaves the neighborhood, goes down this road. At this light, he then goes left and walks all the way down. And so the from here, it's speculated. This is the creek he was found dead in, is White Oak Creek. And that's what I'm, like, assuming, because I think I've seen the, the name of this creek before in the reports. So, because I think he was found off the bridge right here. Like, off the side of that bridge. So, this is kind of where the official route ends, and then I'm not really sure. There were reports that he, um, what is this one? Oh, just circling the creek. Shut up. There were reports that he kept going all the way down and ended up in the marketplace. Um, the marketplace is like, you know, there's a gas station there, there's like, you know, this pizza place, all that. And that's the reported last place he was seen. I think like a gas station employee remembers seeing him. So then it's like, well then, did he go back? And the, Or did he get snatched up while he was here? Did he leave and start like walking around the neighborhood, and then someone got him. Now, the leading theory is that, and, you know, he's innocent, so I'm not claiming that he's guilty. Nobody's charged him with anything. The, you know, so I think the strongest theory is that it was the stepfather of a ex-girlfriend that got him. So, I need, a full, I need to pull up one of the old, like, case timelines that I read at the time. Let's see. Blake had previously lived at Hunter Ridge Trailer Park in Jonesboro. Um, in May of 2011, his former girlfriend ran away from home. He hopped onto his bike to find her. When he did, he took her back to the, his trailer so she could talk, uh, so she could call her parents. When the girl's stepfather, uh, Earl Jones, arrived to pick her up, he punched Blake in the face, knocking him off his bike. Then Jones repeatedly kicked him in the head and ribs before, before uh, witnesses. A witness told police Jones had lifted his shirt to show a handgun and said he was looking for Blake. Even though Blake was the victim and helped return the girl home safely, Jonesboro police arrested him for custodial interference in June. That's such bullshit, dude. Wow. That's bullshit. I forgot about that detail. After the incident, uh, they moved to Sonoya. She ordered him to stop communicating with his Jonesboro friends because she did not want Jones to discover their new location. Uh, Blake suffered trauma from the vicious assault and developed selective mutism. When he was scared, he could not speak. Fair. That's a totally fair response to that kind of thing. 
But here's the timeline of the night. That's just the backstory for uh, who his enemies could be, by the way. So, um, here's the timeline. He, attend- he attends this high school, and let's see, he met uh, this girl, Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Cameron. The two began dating shortly after the new school year started. It was only natural that Blake and Ryan attended the fall homecoming dance together. On the evening of October 15th, 2011, Chapel dropped him off at Ryan's house. Oh, that's his mom, by the way. I know, they're using her maiden name. Or, not her maiden name, but her, her married name. Uh, dropped him off at Ryan's house at 25 blah blah blah. Avondale Circle, yeah. Blake had planned to spend the night at a friend's house later, so he took his backpack. Ryan's mother, I guess I should just call her Ryan, not Ryan. Ryan's mother, Shannon, drove Blake and Ryan to Tokyo, uh, which is just a restaurant. Uh, They return, uh, what? Oh, oh, oh. Um, For dinner for the dance, uh, she returned to the restaurant at 7 and drove Blake and Ryan to the high school. At 10.30, uh, Cameron picked them up, the mom, Cameron picked them up and drove her home. According to Cameron, they watched a movie. Blake took off his uh, black dress shirt bef- uh, because he was still sweaty from dancing. Cameron later returned the shirt to Blake's mother. Blake was allowed to stay at Ryan's until 11.30. At the time, uh, the mom drove him to his friend's house. Highwoods Parkway, three miles away. Where's that? Oh, so it is in Summer Grove. Okay. Wow, that means he was, like, close if he was at the market. Yeah. Uh, Blake called his mother using his friend's landline because uh, he only had a text messaging plan on his cell phone. Uh, told her about the dance. Shortly after the phone call, uh, him and his friend, that's it, walked to the BP gas station at uh, the Market Square. Now in Exxon? No, who cares? Um, around midnight to purchase cigarettes. However, the gas station was closed, so they returned. He texted Ryan at 2 a.m., saying he was coming to her house. The reason for the early morning visit is unclear. According to Austin, Blake left between 2 and 3 a.m. to walk to Ryan's house. Austin later said he gave Blake a house key and a jacket he would not be cold during the walk. The temperature was in the low 50s. Austin stated that Blake left his house wearing a white t-shirt, black pants, and Austin's jacket. Although the walk should uh, should have only taken uh, Austin about an hour, he arrived at Ryan's house around 4.30 a.m. Had to sneak into the residence because he did not have permission from her parents to be there. According to Ryan, she and Blake chatted until her grandmother burst into the room Catching Blake there. Instead of the grandmother telling Blake to leave immediately, she informed Ryan's mother. And Cameron entered the bedroom as Blake fled from the residence at 5 a.m. Ryan later said Blake wore black pants and a white hoodie with Aeropostale and brown letters on the front, not the jacket Austin had given him. Huh. I forgot about that detail. Hmm. Um. Blake sent multiple texts to Ryan, apologizing for showing up uninvited. Uh, and so late at night. 
she, Cameron sent him reassuring texts that everything was fine. After he left, Blake sent more texts to his girlfriend in the first one. He said that a police officer had stopped him near a bridge and asked for his ID and where he was going before letting him go. Um, the police department says there's no record of that ever happening. And keep in mind that stepdad, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure he has connections to police. So, uh, he sent another text at 5.30 saying he was cold. That was the last text Ryan received from him. And she never saw him again, alive. Cameron woke Ryan up at 6.30 asking if she had heard from Blake since the last text. Ryan said no. Three hours later at 9.30, Cameron told Ryan to call Austin to ensure Blake returned safely. Yeah, so that walk, by the way, would take maybe an hour. So, not four hours. Um, or four hours, yeah. Not, yeah, not four hours. Uh, at 10 a.m., they drove to Austin's home, searched the area for Blake. It's unclear why they did not call Blake's home to see if he was there. She then called her husband, Matt, who had left home at 8 a.m. He and a friend were setting up deer stands on hunting property in Heard County. Cameron told her husband that Blake was missing. Uh, they visited the gas station where Austin and Blake had gone and showed the attendant Blake's picture, asking if he had seen him. The employee said he thought he had seen Blake around 7.30 a.m. A teen resembling Blake asked him when the station opened. He told him 8 a.m. Blake left, but the man did not see in which direction Blake walked. Police do not believe this person was Blake. Really? I didn't know that. Why? How do they know? Why do they not think it's Blake? Is he not like a reliable witness? I guess it might conflict with their official timeline based on the evidence they've gathered. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ryan's mother dropped off Austin at their home. Uh, Oh, Cameron, Matt returned around 11, searched wooded areas and trails for Blake. At this point, no one has notified Chapel that her son is missing. That is a little sus. I didn't think about that. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know all the details because the police department's kind of secretive about this. Um, Ryan's mom dropped off Austin at their home. Matt and Austin allegedly continued the search. Austin called Chapel. Not to tell her Blake was missing. He wanted to know if Blake was home. And then a little bit of editorializing. They said, what in the bloody hell? It's a little bit of editorializing. I guess I'll show the page. So, um, Austin told her about Blake leaving his home and never returning. Then he reportedly flagged down a cop to say Blake was missing. At 11.30, the Noonan PD called Chapel informing her to file a missing person report, which she did at around noon. Uh, they were, the Times-Herald reported there were extensive searches in the subsequent weeks, but they found no trace of the missing teen. They believe Blake took Lower Fayetteville Road to, or Summer Grove Parkway to and from Ryan's home. Blake was unfamiliar with Austin's neighborhood in Summer Grove. Oh boy. They thought he ran away to avoid the court date. He was a no-show at a scheduled court appearance uh, for the May incident, but the hearing proceeded regardless. They dropped the case after speaking to the ex-girlfriend, confirmed she had ran away, and Blake encouraged her to return home. Yeah, you know what? Fuck the Jonesboro police. That's fucked. That's so fucked. 
Um, let's see. Uh, reported she received a call from Blake's attorney. Jones informed the judge he would drop the case on the condition that he never saw Blake again. About five weeks after Blake disappeared, that's a weird comment. Huh. That's a really weird comment. Uh, five weeks after he disappeared, Tupper received a bizarre phone call from a blocked number. According to her, no one spoke on the other end, but she could hear the sound of a television playing in the background. Uh, they told... Someone in, Ryan told uh, Winters in an interview that around Thanksgiving time, she started getting over Blake's disappearance. I was mad. I was livid. I thought he had just left me. Weird. December 19th, they found a body face down. Yeah, see the creek near the bridge. Okay, so I was right. Summer Grove Parkway and Austin's home. Um... When police arrived, they discovered the, the victim only wore a t-shirt and underwear. They found no identification or personal belongings in the area. They said the victim had died from a gunshot wound. Three days later, they identified the body as Blake, partially through his Playboy bunny tattoo and jewelry. A medical examiner excluded, or concluded that Blake had been shot in the head with a handgun. The death certificate stated the time of death as 6 a.m. on October 16th. Weird. Pronounced dead at 4.57 p.m. on December 19th. Um, authorities have said they could not determine how long Blake had been deceased or if he had been killed in that location or dumped. I know that's because of the weather and the fact that it was in water. I took forensics. <laughs> I took forensics in high school. It's because he was dumped in a river and uh, it's because also the weather could have possibly slowed down the decomposition process. So... Um, Authorities said they could not determine how long Blake had been deceased or if he had been killed in that location or dumped. His cell phone, clothes, and wallet have never been found. It is unclear why searchers never found the body during their extensive searches for Blake. Uh, according to the mom, the police have refused to tell her the condition of Blake's body. She studied the stages of decomposition and asked if the skin was black. And they said it had started to turn black. That's the fourth stage of decomposition. Black uh, putrefaction begins 10 to 20 days following a death. Uh, Blake was found two months after he vanished. Like I said, that he could have died in October because, you know, the, uh, what is it? Could have died in October because of the uh, weather and the you know, conditions that he was found in. However, his body not being found during the initial searches is a little weird. So maybe he was killed uh, 20 days before they found him. A week after the remains were found, they announced a $20,000 reward for information. Biggest reward the city has ever offered. Um, investigators had three persons of interest but never released their names. They cleared all three. Uh, it is unclear if Jones was among the three. Um, yeah, they've also, like, never disclosed any other, uh, details. Let's see. 
but yeah, so I guess this is new. This website helped her fund a billboard uh, with Blake's picture and placed it on Highway 19 slash 41 in Jonesboro. Um, her and her boyfriend broke up after his death. She was later diagnosed with breast cancer and diabetes. And now she's moved to Texas with a relative and underwent cancer treatment there. According to her Facebook page, she now lives in Panama City, Florida. Ryan's now in her late 20s, has two children, still resides in Noonan. I have no idea where Austin Harmon is today. That's what the editor said. Alright. Um, and then I guess they editorialize? So this person's talking about their opinion. Um, you know... Yeah, the fact that the girlfriend and the friend gave two different clothing descriptions, like one piece of clothing had the Aeropostale logo and one didn't. Um, yeah, and Blake didn't have his backpack when he left Austin's. How would he have the jacket? That means he must have another friend, right? Like... So weird. And go either way, Blake knew his killer or a random stranger killed him. I think some believe Earl Jones killed him, which is probably why the billboard is in Jonesboro versus Noonan. Huh. I didn't even think about that. True. Um, I get it, I really do, but I'm skeptical and I I'll tell you why. All we have regarding Blake's whereabouts that night come from Austin, Ryan, and Ryan's mother. So Austin said he gave Blake his jacket. Blake, Blake showed up at Ryan's without it, according to her. Ryan said he had a white sweatshirt. Personally, I feel actions and versions of events from Austin and the Cameron family following Blake departing are strange. I'm not saying they killed Blake, but I would be suspicious if I were Melissa. But then again, I'm suspicious of everyone. Person's interesting, dude. They they think it could have been literally anybody that Blake knew. That's weird. Wow. <laughs> I guess we can lighten it up now because now I'm reading the editorialized theorizing version. But that's a crazy uh that's a crazy theory that it could have either been the friend or the girlfriend or her family or it could have been the uh the stepdad, which makes a bit more sense. But what so that's the big inconsistency, is why would the stepdad know about, um, like, why would he know where Blake would be that night? But then there's also the, hey, my cop buddies, can you reach out and have one of them find this guy? It could be, like, some secret gang activity, you know? Who knows? I mean, really, who knows? It, it's a crazy case. Also, I'm about to cut. Uh, I'm going to continue this either later tonight or tomorrow. But, um... Yeah, I'm going to stop it here and then I'll continue uh, with a quick cut. <sighs> Alright, I'm back. Uh, seven hours later. <laughs> so, um... So I was talking about the uh, case and the person editorializing and everything and their theories. And obviously I'm going to have to jog my mind a little bit because 
been seven hours, and uh, <laughs> um, I guess yeah, the theory here is like, how did they miss uh his body in the creek if they were like looking for him, you know? So why didn't she drive Blake back to Austin's house? Pretty sure it's because he snuck back out, right? She called Blake's mother to tell her that Blake was not at Austin's and had snuck into her home. I would have done both if that were me. Search for Blake with Austin hours before um, Austin called Melissa is also strange. We have a missing kid, and they don't even give his mother a thought until late morning. Why didn't they call her as soon as they realized something was wrong? Why didn't they call Blake's home uh, first to see if he was there before searching for him? I realized he lived 18 miles away in Sonoya, but that would have been my first thought regardless, just to make sure. It's like they did not want Melissa to know they were looking for him. Ryan and Shannon went to the BP gas station where Blake and Austin supposedly went to buy cigarettes. Why? Austin said the gas station was closed when he and Blake went there. The station remained open until 8 a.m. Or remained closed until 8 a.m. Conveniently, the gas station attendant said he saw Blake around 7.30 a.m. Police do not believe it was Blake, and I do not either. Who was the employee? If the kid wasn't Blake, who was it? And why hasn't this person come forward to reveal his identity? Oh, that is weird. I didn't even think about that. The gas station attendant being a person of interest. Oh my god. And it's also interesting that they're thinking it could be the uh, the family of the girlfriend. Or the friend. Um. Alright. Um, I found it strange that Shannon said to whoever Winters is. When she discusses her husband going to Heard County, he doesn't bow hunt, so his season hadn't opened yet. Had he been down there with a gun, he could have lost his lease uh, and his hunting license. He was home with us until he left. She gave a reason why Matt did not have a gun with him until that morning, or with him that morning. And in the last sentence, she gave her husband an alibi. Why did she feel the need to do this? I found that strange. I didn't give a Matt a thought about harming Blake until I read what she said. Hmm. So she thinks that the girlfriend's dad, like, shot him? Or something? Or that the, the girlfriend's dad left his gun at the house and then they used the gun to kill him or something like that? I wonder what kind of gun he has. Austin said Blake left between 2 and 3 a.m. to walk to Ryan's. Blake texted Ryan at 2 a.m. saying he was coming over. Why did Blake return to Ryan's? It was three miles away and cold that night. What was so important that he had to go back? Did he leave something there? Someone will, will say that he wanted to see his girlfriend, maybe. But he had spent the entire evening with her, and I feel he had a bigger reason to walk three miles early in the morning in cold weather. Eh. He's 17, dude. I think it's pretty obvious the reason he probably would have wanted to go back in the early hours of the morning. When you're under, like, adult supervision all night, and then you realize you have the opportunity to then sneak over there when everybody would be asleep. That makes sense. Dude was 17. Like, let's be real. Um, Ryan woke 
at 4.30 a.m. and read Blake's 2 a.m. Uh, text message that he was coming over. He must have arrived shortly after 4.30. Why did it take Blake two hours to walk three miles? Even if he left at 3 a.m., he should have arrived by 4 a.m., even if he was a slow walker or became lost. Um, based on that distance, I actually agree. Yeah. Also, if he did get lost, I assume he would have texted Austin or Ryan for help. We only have Austin's word on when Blake left his house. Maybe Blake actually left between 3 a.m. and 3.30. I read that Blake was unfamiliar with the Summergrove area of Ninon, and Ninon itself and, like, and likely took Lower Fayetteville Road, not Summergrove Parkway. But if that were true, why would he walk to Ryan's alone in the dark? Wouldn't Why wouldn't he want Austin to go with him? Summergrove Parkway leads to Lower Fayetteville Road. And I don't see how Blake did not know this. If nothing else, wouldn't Austin relay the quickest route? Wouldn't Austin relay the quickest route? Honestly, after I googled Blake's walk from Austin's home to Ryan's, I have no idea why he would walk there alone. The roads are heavily tree-lined, and some areas have no sidewalks. It would be like walking in the country in some parts. Three miles is a long way to walk in the dark. And why did he even attempt it if he was unfamiliar with the area? You know, the walk there is not as harrowing as the person thinks it is. Really not. Um, Austin had no idea what had happened to Blake's backpack. The one, the one Blake left at his house. The one that never left his house. Whoa. We were in the middle of moving and it got put somewhere. And we just can't find it, he said. I just don't know where it is. Yeah, buddy, that's not suspicious. What is this? <laughs> oh my god. Um, why didn't he turn the bag over to the police when Blake went missing? When exactly did his family move out of the house? Did the police forensically examine Austin or Ryan's homes? If not, that would have been a huge mistake in my How do we know Blake never made it back to Austin's? Are there no CCTV cameras in Noonan? I saw nothing about this. You know, everybody thinks that there's CCTV cameras everywhere in this country, and that's not true. A lot of areas that have, like, wooded areas or rural areas don't have any CCTV cameras. So I can tell you right now, there aren't any that would have caught him walking. Um, whoever killed Blake got rid of his cell phone, clothes, and wallet. Maybe they were in his backpack. Wink. Man, they're really going hard on the on the friend here. I'm not sure I buy the police officer stopping him story. There's no record of a police officer stopping him. No one can say for sure that Blake was the texter. Whoa. I've never thought about it like that. Wow, I've never even considered that possibility that someone killed him and then texted the girlfriend being like, hey, a cop just pulled me over. Wow. I was thinking the whole time, like, oh, dirty cop, dirty cop. Not once did I even consider uh, that possibility. Um, that said, I highly doubt Earl or a stranger dressed as a cop was lying in wait, dressed. Uh, hoping Blake or any teenage boy would be walking alone in the early morning hours. Now we're getting into the part that I kind of believe, where it, it would be shockingly impossible to know where Blake would be at that exact moment for it to be the stepfather. Like, I know I was, I was suspecting him at the beginning, 
but when you really think about it, it's like, what are the chances that he would know where Blake would be? He, he, as far as we're aware, he shouldn't have even known where Blake lived at that point. Um, let's see. For Earl to be the killer, we have to believe that somehow, some way, he knew precisely where Blake would be when Blake was walking alone at 5 a.m. This is reaching, and I doubt he followed Blake to every place Blake went on the 15th and 16th, waiting for him to be alone. Another thing that doesn't make sense, if Earl killed Blake, what was the motive? The assault? Why would he wait several months after the assault to do it? He seemed to react in the heat of the moment, so I would have expected him to harm Blake soon after the police released Blake from jail, not months after. Also, police ruled him out in Blake's murder, although I'm not sure why. All right. There's still a chance the homicide was random. What if a real cop did pull Blake over and killed him for whatever reason? And the NPD are covering it up by saying there's no record of an officer pulling over Blake. Why are investigators so hush-hush on the investigation and the condition of Blake's body? Had he been beaten? How many times was he shot? Did the killer essay him? The only thing police have said about the gun used is that it's between a 22 and a 45, and not a shotgun. How long had Blake been dead? I read two things. He had been dead since the 16th, and he had been deceased only about a week or two when he was found. Which is it? Because if the latter is true, that means someone held him for several weeks before killing him. It does not make sense that searchers would, have, would not have combed through the area where Blake was found while searching for him. Th that, uh, 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 this could mean that the body was not there at the time, but was dumped later. The phone call Melissa received five weeks after Blake vanished is bizarre. Who was the caller? What was the point of silence? Blake could not speak when he became afraid because of the assault by Earl. Could it have been Blake trying to get help, or was, uh, but was too scared to talk, or was his killer taunting his mother? Maybe it was a hoax. Another theory would be that a random person abducted Blake and sent the text about the cop to Ryan to throw police off the track. The motive likely would be sexual. The crime is nearly 12 years old. It is time for police to release more info. I agree. But that last part. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot of you know theories as to like my phone wasn't even plugged in I don't know like you know there's a lot of theories I don't know if it would have been the friend or would have been the girlfriend or the parents of the girlfriend I don't know. It seems likely, since they were the closest ones to him, they knew where he was in that very moment, uh, and they knew who he was. Meanwhile, the stepfather lived uh, like a whole two counties away, uh, had no idea where he was living at that point, and seemed to only really care in that moment uh, what was going on, uh, just as like a knee-jerk reaction to finding his daughter at this guy's house or trailer or whatever it was. So I, I, I get it. I don't know. I, I would argue to say it was probably the ones closest to him that lived here. That's the thing that, or it's, um, just a lot of things have gone wrong. Nobody secured the backpack from that guy's house. Uh, nobody, you know, nobody offered to drive him home. 
Um, it seems that he supposedly made it to Ryan's house. I mean, those are the last people to ever see him, as far as we're aware. So, how did he, how did he go from being at that house to being found dead two months later with a gunshot in his head? You know, it it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, you know, it could be like they did something or it could be the unlike like the the less likely possibility that a stranger driving by went, "Ooh, teenage boy," and then decided to pull over, get out, and either A, abduct him, or B, shoot him in the head. Now, Around the time he was walking is when people get up to go to work. I assume it's a weekend. You know, I I assume this is like a weekend, right? What day did he do all of this? October 16, 2011. The day of the week was Sunday. So this would have been Sunday morning. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody would have been getting up to go to work, so there shouldn't have really been anybody out, you know, during that time. Like, there were probably teenagers and stuff and, like, early 20-year-olds driving to work, but not, not like, a grown adult, you know? I don't know. It's a weird case. You know, and it, and it's confusing, and... Uh, so that, yeah, so they still haven't found out uh, what happened to him. Make sure. So oh, this is another article about it. When was this written? Here, I'll pull up the picture of him. This is what he looks like. Yeah, this was taken in August, it seems. Two months before, exactly two months before he uh, was declared missing. So that's what he looks like. Um, I presume that's his house in Sonoya. But yeah. um, Yeah, Mr. Chetta sitting in my download. That's what he looks like. But yeah, I guess oh, there's other articles about it. And they're they're pretty good at mapping it out. Yeah, cuz yeah, he was he said over text he had been stopped by a police officer who asked where he was going and had asked for his ID. Shortly after Blake continued his walk, sending his final text message within a few minutes complaining about the cold weather. So yeah, you know. And they're offering a $20,000 reward. Um, but isn't that crazy that this kid just got randomly murdered? Yeah, because... Oh yeah, yeah, because the, the thing that sparked interest in the case was that in September 2021, someone... At the police department decided, you know, it'd be a really good idea. Um, what if we 
you know, create a list of unsolved homicides and that are old and cold and uh, post them up. And he was one of them. So, yep. Um, you know, it's it's such an insane case. So, you know, I, I hope more information comes out. Um, because good lord, this case has been unsolved for thir- or twelve years now. So, figured I would dedicate a huge chunk of this episode to the case. And um, sorry, I had to cut it up because you know I was busy. So, um, but yeah, that's the case. Uh, Blake Chapel. Yeah, here I'm gonna do one last, uh, one last thing that I wanted to bring up. There was like a case that was found, uh, on the unsolved mysteries Reddit. So skeletal remains were found in 2007, and I guess they recently were able to identify them. She was never reported missing. And her husband um, is now a person of interest because he never reported her missing. People were talking about it. These replies are like, you know, nobody reported her. And then apparently her parents are already dead. And the only people that survived was the husband and the son. According to, yeah, she was isolated, had no friends, which is domestic violence behavior. Uh, According to them... Uh, some about like her uncle stopped hearing from her, and he just thought that she had like pulled away from him or something. And then, um, yeah, like I guess the husband had been telling the uh, kid that she like abandoned them and all that stuff. I mean, it's it's super messed up, you know. But uh. Oh man, this woman says a few years ago if I was murdered by my husband, which actually might have happened as as he started getting physical, and strangled me twice before I left, after 13 years together, I would not have been reported missing. I had no friends, no life, and I wasn't in contact with family. It happens for lots of reasons. Sheesh. So yeah, that's another interesting case, you know, where someone goes missing, and then their body is found, and they're not identified right away. And yeah, so, you know, go to the Unsolved Mysteries Reddit, you know, start snooping around. If you recognize a case, then, you know, and you have any info on it, go ahead and uh, share it. But yeah, I really hope uh, the Blake Chapel thing is solved within his mother's lifetime. From what I've read, she has uh, she has breast cancer, so I hope she lives long enough to see uh, her son's murder solved. Anyways, that's the end of the episode. Uh, Pretty decently long episode. I mean, it's not an hour, but long enough. So yeah, thanks for watching. And um, yeah, I'll be back after my trip. This will probably come out like right before I go on my trip. So, all right. Peace.